Well, I'm going to start out with a story, and, uh, and I'm, going to, I'm actually going to read this to you because I had some phrases that I was rather proud of. And if you don't think it's that great, don't tell me, okay? That's the, that's the agreement we're going to have this morning. So um, at any rate, we spent some time, as I said, uh, in New York, and, uh, and this was a moment that I observed, and I want to share it with you. Uh, we stayed in a little hotel in New Jersey. Um, we had an Airbnb booked, and the guy that we were supposed to go there and stay in like three days before we were re- you know, getting ready to go, he's like, oh yeah, no, we canceled that. <laughs> oh man. So then we scrambled and ended up in Jersey. So, but it was good. It was good. And they had, a, um, they had a continental breakfast in the morning, which, you know, you, you don't really appreciate how, much of, how amazing a free breakfast is until you spend some time in New York. Because that's like $45 every morning. They're just given to you. If you have to go pay for it in New York, that's a little high. It's like at least $25 that they're giving you. Because everything is so stinking expensive. Ridiculous. So, at any rate, I ate the continental breakfast, Karen, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. In a past life, no, in a past life, in a past time of life, well, I know, right? Three people get up, they're like, we're out. <laughs> Pastor's talking about past lives, we're done. And only three of you left, really? The rest of you should have gone as well. Um, at any rate, at a past time in my life, I may or may not have been a little bit finicky. I still love good food. I think that God should be glorified in all things. And so if you're gonna cook, cook well and glorify God. Continental breakfast sometimes leaves a little bit of desire, and it's hard for me to worship the Lord while I'm eating a warm yogurt and tepid coffee. Um, And uh, so Karen, though, really called me out on it. She's like, well, you need to glorify God in the eating of the warm yogurt and the tepid coffee and get over yourself. And she started doing a parody of me, and she told the team when we were going, she's like, oh, watch my husband when you get to that continental breakfast. And what what did she do? She's like, he'll be like... (sighs) I'm going to Starbucks. And um, seeing myself reflected in my wife's eyes in such an unfair way caused me to repent. And so I cooked up my waffle and I sang and I praised God. <laughs> That's right. I feel like I get some encouragement. I know the rest of you were, were born with gratitude, but I'm a work in progress. So I'm sitting in the lobby eating and I see this young boy. And the lobby's full. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty... Uh, a pretty um, busy hotel that we're staying in. And so the lobby's very full of all kinds of people. Some of them are on their way to business. Some are coming back from working uh, all night at the CVS market that they were building nearby. There was a team that would come in and eat breakfast, having worked all, all night long. And, um, and they're getting, they're, you know, they're tired and getting ready to eat something else. And then some, um, they're getting ready to go out and do, you know, go, go have a tourist day. You're in New York City. I mean, my goodness, it's, there's fun things to see. So the room is, is loud and people, they're packing the tables and they're laughing and they're talking and they're eating. And in the midst of this, this young boy is clearly a little bit overwhelmed. He's probably about four years old, I see. And I see in his face this mix. You know when you look at a kid and you just kind of, you read their face, right? We're supposed to become like a child. They're just transparent. You just, you see in his face and there's this mix of kind of curiosity and fear. You know, he's looking around in this room and there's, there's all kinds of people And he's sitting at the table, and each time the volume rises sharply as the many conversations ebb and flow from a murmur to raucous laughter, he instinctively looks up and over. And he looks over towards the east side of the room. It's automatic. It's reflex. 
When the boy's jostled by someone going by, someone walking and hits him a little bit, he looks up and over immediately. And as I'm observing him doing this, I find myself looking up and over, curious as to what he's looking at. And I follow his gaze, and I, and I look to see what his focus is on, but my view is blocked from where I'm sitting. And yet I can see that each time he looks up and over, he relaxes. His confidence returns, and he looks around the busy room with a renewed curiosity and focus. And now he's ready to explore. He wants to explore this wonderland of humanity. People from several different nations are present in the place. There are various languages being spoken, a symphony of accents and cultures. The conversations rolling over one another, creating a sound not unlike a river in the woods, present, loud, and strong. He steps away from the table, tentative and purposeful, and then he quickly looks up and over. He's, his resolve returns, and he takes a few more steps. Others in the room are now watching him like me. We're watching this little boy. He's like four. You know, he's a little out of place. Little boy, a few steps out, not necessarily near anybody, and so you're watching him. He ventures further. Every few steps, he continues to repeat his ritual. He stops, he looks up and over, and then he proceeds. Sometimes he looks up and over, and he smiles and takes a couple more steps. Other times, maybe a change from perplexity to peace. But he's always moving forward, up and over, and then forward. And now he's ventured all the way across the room, because we're sitting right here, and the, and, the, and the elevator doors in the lobby are over there, so they have kind of the kitchen part of the lobby where we're all sitting and having our delicious hot waffles and amazing culturally different temperature coffee. <laughs> and he's ventured all the way across the room now, and he's by the elevator. Now, we've been watching him on his journey, and he looks up and over, and so we look up and over. Who is he looking at? And then we see him, the one this child has been looking up and over at the whole time. His father, smiling, comes running over, because this little four-year-old, now he's at the elevator, and he's reaching up to touch the button, like, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And then, boom, here comes dad. Here comes dad, and he lifts him up in his arms, and he grabs him and takes him back to the breakfast table, and they eat together. Psalms says in Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2, it says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where shall my help come from? In another place, in another translation, it says, I lift my eyes up to the heavens. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. That's where my help comes from. Now you see this little boy. He's on a journey. He's, he's in the mix. He's in the room. But when he's venturing out, when he's looking out, there's something interesting that happens. He keeps looking up and over at his daddy because he knows where his help comes from. There's a lot of things going on in that room that he hasn't seen before. There's a lot of, a lot of things that cause him maybe to be a little bit disturbed. But he knows where his help comes from, so he looks up. And over at his daddy. And when he looks up and over at his daddy where his help comes from, everybody else in the room is starting to take notice of him because you know what? He also doesn't fit in. We're all there to eat the delicious food. And he's there on an adventure. He has something else in mind. He has something else going on. But whenever he gets perplexed about it, he looks up and over. He's in the room, but he doesn't quite fit in the room, does he? 
And he's catching our attention because he's, he's on a little bit different wavelength. He's playing a little different than the way we play. He's doing a little bit different than the way we do. And, and, and when he gets worried, he looks up and he looks over and he starts reflecting something. And we look because we see that he's looking up and we start to look up. What are you looking at, boy? What are you, what are you looking at? And for a while, our view is obscured. For a while, we don't know what he's looking at. But at some point, we do, don't we? That boy's looking at his daddy. He's looking up to where his help comes from. Lift up your eyes, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, and the king of glory, that he may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Your daddy. He is the king of glory. Lift up your heads, O you gates, because then your daddy comes in the room. You see, we've been talking about worship. We've been spending time talking about worshiping God. And this is so important because we know that God, that Jesus, when he came, he said, my father, he desires worshipers, true worshipers, that will worship him in spirit and in truth, that will worship him in every way. And when we started this, when we started this series, I talked to you and I said, you're going to find that you're already worshiping. You're going to find that you think, yeah, I do worship the Lord. Yeah, I do. And, you know, we come in here and we sing songs, and that's fantastic. we got great songs to sing, don't we? But that's not the only place to worship. You see, we worship in the lobby at the restaurant. We worship in our place where we're entertained. We're either glorifying God in our entertainment, which means that affects how long we, we get entertained and what will allow to entertain us. We worship him in our workplaces. We worship him in what we eat. We worship him in what we buy. We worship him in how we speak. We worship him in what we won't eat. We worship him in what we won't buy. Not as an activist, as a worshiper. We worship him in all things. And what we're finding is, oh my goodness, if I can worship him in all things, then that means that I'm now discovering there are some things in which I don't worship him in which I'm worshiping something else. In the same psalm, David, he, he contrasts it, and it says, it says, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes to the heavens where your help comes from. And then later in, in the psalm, he says, I have not lifted up my eyes to an idol. In another translation, he says, I have not lifted up my eyes to falsehood. Why? Because that's not where my help comes from. See, where we lift our eyes up and whether or not we lift our eyes up, that speaks to whether or not we're worshiping. You see that? Now, when you and I look to him, when we lift up our head, we're looking at him and we're worshiping him. And in that place, in that time, our obedience, our patience our refusal to just be merely human in that situation where we are, to be just perfectly normal. You remember Paul, he's exhorting them in 1 Corinthians 3.3. He says, are there still quarrels among you? Is there still envy and jealousy among you? Are you still disputing which party you're a part of among you? You know, are you talking about who baptized you? 
who gets it done better for you? You still arguing about that? You're acting like mere humans. Don't you know that you're sons of God? Don't you know that you're daughters of the king of glory? You're daughters of God. You are representing him on earth. You're reflecting him. What are you doing being envious of each other and arguing about things? You're arguing because you don't feel like you have enough. Well, Jesus said, hey, if your brother comes and says, hey, can I, can I borrow your shirt? You're like, sure, take my jacket too. That doesn't sound like envy. That sounds like a lavish worshiper of God that goes, my daddy owns everything. So if I get to be like him and give you my shirt, well, shoot, let me give you a bigger blessing. Take my coat. Because I'm lifting my eyes up to my daddy. That's where my help comes from. So we're going to go, we're going further than that. We can't just delve down into the human-to-human stuff without lifting our eyes up because then we're just acting like mere humans. And you're not a mere human. You are a son and a daughter. You are a worshiper, a true worshiper. Right? You're a true worshiper. You lift your eyes up. Wow. Now, now I want to unpack this a little bit. The other thing is, is that we are the gates when we lift our eyes up. It's more. It's more. You see, the, you don't just need to worship. The whole world needs you to worship. The whole world needs you to worship because if you don't worship, the king of glory does not come in. Do you know that you're the salt of the earth? If you weren't here, God would just judge the earth. I don't think you guys heard me. Did you know that you're the salt of the earth? You are preserving the nations. America isn't getting judged right now because you're here. Dad doesn't come burn the house down and be like, sorry, there's a couple of jerk faces in there. You know I don't like jerk faces. Burn, kids. See you in a little while. No. He's like, I'm here redeeming cities. I came to save. And you're preserving. So if you're here praying and worshiping, I'm not going to burn your house down. I'm going to let the wicked and the righteous grow up together. But make no mistake, the wicked are getting more, they're getting more time because of you. And when we lift up our heads because we're worshipers and we worship him, and I'm going to unpack this a little bit, but we worship him and lift up our heads in practical ways, the king of glory comes into that situation. It's not just, it's not just that we say, God, I want to make you feel good. Because, I mean, he does love it. How many of you guys have had your kid or, or a nephew or a niece or somebody that you care about and they look at you and they go, I love you. And you're like, you little biscuit, I love you too. Just come here. You know what I mean? It's, there's nothing better. And when we do that to God, he's like, oh, what am I? Come here. Just come here. I love you. You see, here's the thing, though. And I'm going to get into how much he loves us. But here's the thing. We have to lift our eyes up in each thing that we do because he's not looking for us to pull things off without him. Are you with me? See, we're, we're the gates to let heaven in. We're not heaven. Let me say it again. We're the gates that let the king of glory come in. We're not the king of glory. We're not, we're not the kingdom. The kingdom is in us, but we're not it. We're carrying it. And we're the gates. So when we lift our eyes to him, heaven starts getting released in practical ways. You see, here's the thing. We're not worshiping him so that we can become big enough or smart enough or good enough or holy enough or successful enough. You and I aren't enough. We're worshiping him and we're saying, I'm not enough, but God is enough. 
I'm looking to him because I need to reflect him into this situation. I am a gate that actually lets heaven come into this situation. When I worship God in this situation, kingdom solutions begin to come into this situation. So, so I look up. I look up. So, so how does that work in the workplace? Go take a bathroom break. You know, you're grinding it out. You got jerky McJerk face and Noe McNose it all and Rudy McRude pants. You have a terrible team. Terrible team. And you're just locked in. And, and let's just be honest, you haven't lifted your eyes up for a while either, so you're like grumpy McHoliness. And so you need to like get your sanctified butt up for a minute and walk to the bathroom and on the way there, just look up. Jesus, I need you to come into this situation. Father, I'm lifting my eyes up to you right now because this is not working. We are gridlocked right now and I worship you. And these guys don't even know you yet. Now, I know you want to release blessing in the earth, so I know that you're, you're going to work with them, but I'm here, and I need to tap into that right now. Father in heaven, I glorify you. I lift my eyes up. I lift my eyes up. And if you can't go have a potty break like what I do, and I say that, yes, I did. I just said that. <laughs> then just look up. Just, you're looking at your plans and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 and you're crunching the numbers and you're working and you're thinking and you're digging deep. And if you're, if you're squinched up like this, if you can feel the pressure in this region, you're looking down. Look up. Look up right now. Look up. Now try to squinch. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, but down here it feels right. You're like, yes, I'm busy, I'm important. I'm, I'm doing things, Jesus. I'm grinding, Jesus, for you. But you look up. You just, you, oh, oh, man, it's tension, headache, goes away. You look up. So you're in the meeting, and you're grinding it out, and you're crunching, and you're looking, and you're planning. Or you're in the tractor, and you're furrowing, and you're burrowing. And I remember when Karen and I were first dating, we drove by, and there were all these clods of dirt, clods of dirt, in the field. And, uh, and I, the wordsmith that I am, meant to say, look at that freshly plowed field. Look at those big clods of dirt. But instead I said, look at that freshly clotted field. My wife was like, you city-fied weirdy. Her father's a farmer. Anyway, she still brings it up, and her dad still brings it up. That's some freshly clotted dirt, <laughs> son. <laughs> anyway, if you know what you're doing in the field and you're worried about it, look up. Look up and invite the king of glory, to come in. Worship him in that moment. You see, worship is more than songs. It's not less, but it's definitely more. Worship is more than bowing. It's not less, it's more. Worship is also looking up from where our help comes from. See, there's an act of worship to step out of your own self-sufficiency. Remember the part where you're not enough? Well, you're not enough, and I'm not enough, and God's not bummed about that. He says, look up to me, I am enough. I'm more than enough. And so when we do that, it's an act of worship. We break away and say, Lord, I'm not enough. I didn't say you leave and say, it's too hard. The Lord must not be with it. No, no, you are there to do impossible things. So you better get with the one who can do impossible things. He didn't give you a pathetic assignment that's not hard. He gave you a super hard of assignment that's impossible. So you better look up. But he doesn't want you to quit. He's like, oh, I got a good one. There's no way you can pull this off. Go, go. Just anytime you need me, just I'll give it. We're like, okay, I'm gonna work really. It's really, really impossible. Come and just come, just in the world. Now look up. 
And what happens? The king of glory comes in. Do you really think those great ideas that you came up with came from you? Have you ever heard of the word revelation? It means something is revealed, not something was invented. Do you, you, you guys are familiar with Tesla? He, in, he invented the alternating current motor. Everything was direct current before that. Tremendous waste of energy. Do you know how he invented it? He literally just saw it. He's just sitting there and he'd have visions and he just, he just saw it. I don't think the Tesla could, could say, yeah, I invented this. No, you discovered this. You, this was revealed to you. But how many of us, as worshipers of God, and honestly, he loves us so much that sometimes even when we're not looking up, and he's like, ugh, puts it in front of him. I just thought, I just thought of something. No, you didn't. He is so good, and he reveals it. Now we co-labor with him, but stop taking credit for his stuff. Just thank him. If you think of a good idea, look up then. Okay, I, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now I just remember that because I know. What does it say? Though they knew God... They did not glorify him, nor were they thankful, so they were given over to a perverse mind. We know God is with us. Look up. When the idea comes, realize that's revelation. You're co-laboring. You're a co-creator. You're not a creator. The best you can do is co. The stuff you have, he gave you. I thought of it with my brain. Well, what did you think of your brain? I don't, I don't know. No, you didn't. You're thinking, you're, okay, I'm going to I feel like you understand. You guys with me? If you're not, just look up. Just look up. <laughs> as we look up, as we begin to worship, we begin to shine. You begin to shine. Show me someone who is good in their craft, says in the scripture, and they will not serve before obscure men, but before kings. Why? Because our purpose in life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And God is not a hammer carrying, you will love me or I will pound you kind of God. He, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. He wants to show off through you. He wants your work and your solutions and your life as you behold him, as you lift your eyes up, as you bring these kingdom solutions down to the earth. He wants people to look at that and go, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? I, everybody else has got the furrow brow, but you're staring at a ceiling tile and yet still somehow getting more work done. Which tile is it? <laughs> like, just tell me. No, it's my daddy. It's my daddy, I guarantee. I always love this. People are like, how do you get this done? I'll be like, I guarantee it's not because I'm smart because you are smarter than me. They're like, well, I, I agree. <laughs> No, it's that the Lord is with me, and he loves you. He loves you. You know, don't you love those kind of testimonies? Let me, somebody's like, how do you do this? You're like, well, let me just start with this. You and I both agree I'm not smart enough for things to be going this well for me, right? And they're like, <laughs> so you got them there. I'm just looking up, and it's his kindness. It's his kindness that leads. So your face starts to shine. Now, here's the part, getting into the brass tacks, is first of all to remember, who are we looking at? Well, we're looking at a God that loves us. This is huge. When you look up, you begin to remember, oh my goodness, the foundation of my worship, the foundation of our worship is that he is crazy about us. 
He's a good God. He had everything, and he could have done anything that he wanted. He could just have invented a bunch of automaton robots that are like, we love you, Lord. You are so very phenomenal. We will be forever with you. We go to do thy will. He didn't want that. He wanted somebody who would choose him. Why? Because he's good. Because he's not a megalomaniac. Because he's not a self-centered weirdy. And we wouldn't even know what a self-centered weirdy was unless he was good so that we could compare it to goodness and go, that's weird. In comparison to what? In comparison to his goodness. So when we start with that, we begin to realize, wait a minute, he's this extraordinary God that loves us. He wants to include us. He doesn't rely on us. He doesn't need us. No, he says, I choose to let you be in the mix because I like you. I like what I made. You're my baby. When you look up, have you noticed whenever you look up, his eyes are already on you? It's not like you look up and he's like. (laughs) No, he is like, come on, baby, come on. Look up, look up. Jesus, you know what? I'm going to give him five more minutes, and I'm just sending the Holy Spirit to just put it under his nose. Come on, Josh, just this one time. Just look up. Come on, buddy. Come on. And then I look up, he's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. He's all, it says his eyes are always on us, and it says the one, in the same psalm, it says the one who we're looking up to, he never slumbers or sleeps. He's the only multitasker. We think we're multitasking. We just do one thing at a time really quickly. Some of us better than others, right? He actually can multitask. He is actually looking at Jason and me at the same time. And all y'all, look up. Now, so we start looking up. I think you guys are, I think you're willing to look up. (laughs) Yes? I mean, doesn't it seem like a good idea? And isn't it beautiful to know that that's worship? That that's worship is to, just, is to just look up. Where does my help come from? I worship you, God. That's right. But now here's something that happens. Here's something that happens in the midst of this. When we begin to look up and we begin to realize, as I said, that all these thoughts and plans and ideas maybe aren't coming from us, there is something that does happen, and this is huge because I think a lot of us are like, yeah, 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 that's really sweet, and I do. I go to church on Sunday, and I, and I look up, and occasionally, you know, I pray, and I do that sort of thing, and I look up. And, but God wants us to worship him in all things. Now, this is the rub. This can, be a, this can be a challenge because when we begin to look up, we begin to reflect him, but we also begin to reflect his timetable. I know, collective, oh, Right. See, he cares very deeply about all of us. See, when we look up, we begin to to see the one who forms, not the one who is formed. When we look up, we begin to see the one who wants to release a kingdom culture, not the one who's trapped in this culture. When we look up, we begin to see something that is higher, not something that is below. When we look up, we begin to see perfection, not the best that's available. And it begins to shift, and we have to shift. So when we look up, something, something awesome starts to happen. Something awesome starts to happen. But we have to begin to realize this. I think many of us, when it comes down to it, I, I, I sense that you're enjoying this preach. I'm going to take it on faith. If you're not, don't tell me. But I think that what happens is many of us have looked up. We've looked up. We're like, Lord Jesus, seriously, I'm in a bind. I worship you. Uh, something about blessings, so maybe, mm-hmm. And then it's like, Okay, well, that didn't work. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
when we look up, we're worshiping a God who's doing a whole lot more than one thing at a time. And he's blessing a whole lot more people than you. And again, it's not that he's doing less than blessing you, but he's certainly doing more than just blessing you. <laughs> and so we often, it reminds me of a story. Okay, there's two twin brothers, and they are about five years old, and they're, and they're competitive like all brothers are, or, you know, sisters too, of course, but these happen to be brothers. So anyway, these two brothers, and, they're, and they get to thinking about where babies come from, which is always good. Let's get two little boys together and have them figure that out. So they're talking about, the first one says, well, man, I watched Dumbo. I know exactly where babies come from. You just, you know, you just wish real hard, and then the storks send it on down, and pshaw, bazang, there it is. Baby, stork. And the other guy's like a little more scientific. He's like, that is absolutely ridiculous, Tim. That is ridiculous. Now, I'll tell you what happens. What you do is you call up the hospital. You let them know that you need a baby, and then they get the baby egg thing, and they incubate the baby, and when it's ready, it hatches, and then mom drives in the flashy car, picks it up. That's how the babies are made. The hospital. So they're arguing, and they're getting into it because they're very competitive. Dad hears them arguing. He comes in. He says, boys, what are you arguing about? Steve, Tim, what are you guys arguing about? Tim says, well, we're arguing because we're trying to figure out how babies are made, and, and he gives his rundown. The other one gives his rundown, and Dad's smiling and goes, well, all right, this is a little sooner than I had planned to give you this talk, but since you both are so smart... Let me tell you how it really goes down. So he gives him the five-year-old version. You know, he says, well, here's the deal. You see, the dad, he carries all the seeds. And the mom, she's like the garden. And so when they, when they get married and they have a covenant, and they decide they want to have a kid, then the dad plants a seed in mom's garden. And the, and the garden, though, is actually in her tummy. So when he plants the seed in her tummy, it's called a womb. The baby grows, and God takes all the best stuff from the mom, all the best stuff from the dad, puts it together, makes something completely new takes nine months to happen. Now, you were right about the ambulance, but when she goes, she already has the baby in her, and then she has to push it out. And they're boys, so they ask, and they're like. <laughs> and at the end, Tim, you know, they're both like, and you know how little boys are, right? They're a little bit excited, like, <laughs> I knew some new information, and also I feel like I want to be alone for a while. <laughs> Tim looks over to Steve, and he goes, well, that's not how I would have done it. That's like we are with God. We, we like lift our eyes up for two minutes. Lord, I'm in a real bind, and here's what I need you to do. Fire that guy, promote this guy, and give this guy more money. And he's like, you're so sweet, Tim. That's not how babies are made. And we say to God, well, that's not how I would have done it. But here's the thing. God has more going on than just your blessing. It's not less than your blessing, but it's certainly more than your blessing. And he's doing all kinds of beautiful things for his purposes and for his glory, which includes you because you're a co-laborer in that glory. So when we lift our eyes up and when we lift our heads up and the king of glory comes in, he handles the situation, but you're on his timetable. You're, he's not on yours. And I think that's a breakdown for us. And I think that's a place where may the Lord begin to speak to our hearts to begin to show us that what's happened is we've stepped away from lifting our eyes up in practical ways. Out, I, I, I don't like that word, practical ways. We have decided that there are practical times to do it and practical times not to do it. When in point of fact, we're to worship him in all things and lift our eyes up and say, Father, I need you to come into this situation. My supplier just started robbing me. 
God, I'm lifting my eyes up. I worship you. I'm asking you to take notice of this. God, I don't know what the next move is. I'm asking for you to bring a, 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 a situation. I'm asking for you to come into this situation. This is very real. But then as you're worshiping him, you're knowing that he's going to, but you're not saying, and Father, furthermore, I want you to take an egg to the hospital and fertilize it, turn it into a baby. Right? That's our version. No, no, no. God's going to take the best of blessing this person and the best of blessing this person and bring it together and in perfect time create something new and beautiful. You see, we're on his timetable. So worship him in the midst of it. But when you do lift your eyes up, just like that little child, when you are the one that constantly, your ritual is to lift up your eyes, then you are constantly receiving peace, receiving comfort, and as you worship, others look at you and they see Christ. They see your daddy. They see the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Father, I pray today, Lord, as we, as we leave, that we would lift our eyes up Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would remind us of these scriptures so that in all that we do, we would lift our eyes up. Lord, as we're, as we're from everything from our internet searches, Lord, we lift our eyes up. Father, from the way that we speak to our wives, we lift our eyes up. In the way that we do business and fill out our tax, our tax forms, Lord, in the, way that we, in the way that we eat, in the way that we walk, in the way that we entertain ourselves, in the way that we engage in sports, we lift our eyes up. Be glorified in all that we do, God. And show us your ways. And Lord, in all that we do, may we reflect you because the world needs us to worship you so they can see what glory looks like when the king of glory comes in. We ask in the name of Jesus and we praise you, Father. Amen. The servant team is coming up to pray for you if you need it, or the prayer servant team if you need healing or encouragement. And as you heard, if you got a big toe problem, turns out God cares about that stuff. God bless you guys. Go and lift your eyes up.